0: you're listening to the a scully cast brought to you by www.ascully.com and here are your hosts a scully and sid talk what was you just telling us about a crazy person with a tinfoil hat
1: no, not precisely.
0: <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't discuss that because no. it's uh, some personal business. There
1: are people in this world who think, and I'm sure they're all over the world, every culture, who think that we're all being watched and manipulated and controlled by every medication, every radio wave, every time you sign up for an electric bill or a phone bill. That some that out there's this big entity out there watching us all and controlling us all. Which I don't completely disagree with. Skynet. But I don't agree with it on a crazy person level. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Skynet is fictional, by the way, just so you know. But that's what it was doing.
0: It was, contru- it, was- it was gathering information to. On everybody. Uh, become self aware eventually and then. Kill
1: Blue us all. Up. That's yeah. all right.
0: Good story. Should Hasta make a movie vista. of that. Hasta of that.
1: la vista, baby. Yeah. Anyway, it's
0: uh, Sunday, January a minute. the 5th. Wait, was that Terminator? Yes.
1: Hasta la vista? Yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> yes I'll it's, be back It's uh, Sunday, January the 15th, uh, 2012 And this is after the show number 206 The uh, That was our before the after the show discussion And this is the after the show discussion
1: That and was not our before the after the show discussion That was longer
0: Yeah, but I think extended. that kind of can come into the, this movie part
1: Okay So,
0: the uh, movie we're looking at this week is Drive uh, on Blu-ray This is a 2011 movie But it's released on Blu-ray on the 31st of January 2012. So we've got this one very early. Um, You will be able to get it then. Uh, It's on Blu-ray. It's an R-rated movie. It doesn't have a tagline, actually. Um, Drive is is its tagline.
1: Drive is enough. Uh,
0: And uh, it's from our friends at Sony. And you are going to give us the synopsis of this movie.
1: Hmm. A man is... A loner guy drives for a living, drives on the side for some criminal element. Um, and then he meets a woman. <laughs> and The shit hits the fan. <laughs> a tale is over this time. <laughs> it is, right? Beauty
0: and the Beast.
1: I do, I'm not demeaning it because I really enjoyed it, but I'm <laughs> saying the tale of it itself, minus the the goodness of the movie itself, it's pretty basic. And even the, the producer guy said it's as... as, as peeled back as you can get a dude has the rules of his life he meets a woman and that's when the trouble begins
0: <laughs> all right yes <laughs> and um it's all a woman is always the downfall of men we've it figured is. this out over watching many movies
1: it really is and unless you're a cowboy on backboat, broke back mountain.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then it's a dude
1: but still yeah. same concept love, love
0: is the downfall is the downfall because yeah. it, it distracts you from the from the main journey i guess
1: I think in life that's even true. I really do.
0: We're getting deep and philosophical this evening, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen.
1: Do you want to tell people who we are in case they've never listened before?
0: uh, No, (laughs) because episode 206.
1: Yeah, but this could be the first for somebody.
0: All right, I'm I'm A. Scully, you're Sid Talk. We are...
1: Married to each other? Correct. Is that a question? (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Is that enough? We're married to each other. We talk about movies every week. The end.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole... Of our, when this microphone goes off, we <laughs> yes, just sit we can, in silence. We go, I, go in
0: that, I go in the bathroom, and you go in the other bathroom. We just sit there until next week.
1: Until <laughs> so we we'll watch a movie, and then we talk <laughs> again, and then we're done.
0: All right, so, the movie Drive. Um, I, let me just say, right up front here.
1: Everything have, you're going to say after this is going to be biased, because I know what you're going to yeah, say.
0: Yeah, I have um, movies that come along every so often that... Um, you know, I like. I will say I more than like this movie. I adore this movie. It's from the opening frame till the very end frame, everything about it, I think is fantastic. And, you know, the feeling I got when I watched Pulp Fiction, which was kind of a life-changing moment for me in, the, in movies. I've never seen anything like it. I was completely, I was mind-blown. I wanted to go and see it again the day after. And you, and, you did. And I did. This gave me that feeling again. It was like... I know I don't like to compare things, but it was like old Tarantino, where it... It's a familiar thing, because it's not a new story. It's a a revenge thriller, I I would say. But the the director's style kind of multiplies the product. And the people. Don't call it a product,
1: but the people are amazing. The end product I was getting at. Um,
0: Yeah yeah the director's now this movie it's got like a 1980s vibe but it's not set in the 80s um every it's got like Tarantino's i was talking of Tarantino like his sensibility of every single shot is very thoroughly thought out and meandering and it's slow paced it's not an i'm sure there's a trailer for this that makes it look like an action movie it is not an action movie it is more of a like a, a meandering kind of mood piece. It's just... There's lots of breathing. Brooding. If no, breathing. Yeah. Like, breathing and brooding. You watch people breathing for several seconds at a time. Ryan Gosling does a lot of the acting with his hands and not saying anything. And this
1: biting his jaw. Yeah. And it, his face tense up.
0: Gr- gris- you know, I noticed a lot of hand acting. Leather gloves and... A lot of what this movie says to you is not said. It's all undertone stuff. Which I really like, and I think Pulp Fiction has got a lot of that too. So this just the soundtrack is incredible. It's like a brand new group, but it sounds like music from the eighties. It really fits perfectly, I think. Um, it's punctuated with like extreme violence, like um, the worst violence you could possibly imagine, like
1: up close and personal kind we, of violence. We've seen
0: the movie Irreversible. It has a horrible violence in that movie. There's something in this movie that's up there with that, I think. It's like, holy shit, like that is going overboard, you know? Um, Which is what Tarantino did. He put violence...
1: I'm not sure I understand why you keep comparing this to Tarantino. Honestly, I don't. Um, I know that's how you see it, but I'm just trying to see the... I do. It just
0: reminds me of early Tarantino. It's kind of... It's paying respect to other... You know, obviously this is looking at like movies of the 80s, um to give it that vibe, but, you know, a spaghetti western or a, There's all elements of other films kind of compressed together to make this new thing that you've not seen before. Because I don't feel like, you know, I can... This movie's called Drive. I'm sure when last week I said we are watching a movie called Drive, you were thinking mm. oh, Fast and the Furious. Rolled my well, eyes, yeah. Yeah. This is not that at all, and I'm refreshed by that. Because we've seen a Fast and the Furious this year, and it was exactly what we expected this is not what I expect from a movie called Drive and when I'm watching it I'm like it's different yet it's familiar it's like you're turned on and what is awesome about it from it's got one of the best openings in a movie I've ever seen it's a like a a car chase but not a car chase but it's so like on the edge of your seat you can't
1: after the opening, you said, this movie's awesome. Yeah, I, I, one, I literally like, saw I the first five minutes, and
0: I, and then the credits started rolling in the style of, like, um, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, and I was like, you know, in the pink... Um, oh, I
1: didn't think of that, I thought of 80s movies, totally. Yeah,
0: I thought, you know, well, I, I, I obviously think a lot yeah. in video games, but the pink 80s, obviously, um, pink 80s credits, I was like, yeah, that's the perfect, you know... I is, and then, then it's quite obvious it's not set in the nineteen eighties because they start off with very modern cars, you know. So, I like that. This guy feels like he's from the nineteen eighties, though. It's it's a, mi- a bit of a mishmash, isn't it? Maybe from the seventies.
1: Yeah, seventies more to me. Yeah, Real, you know, like a yeah.
0: smoldering, like a Steve McQueen character, or a like a like a heartthrob um, hard man. Um, but yeah, I I love this movie. I mean. It's a 2011 movie. When we were doing the 2011 Best Of, this would have been at the top for
1: me. Right, if you'd seen it in the theatre? Yeah. yeah. No, because didn't, it didn't come out on DVD until this year.
0: Yeah, but you know, if this was would have been included in the last year's Blu-rays, I would have had this right at the top of my list.
1: But you have this year. You have 2012.
0: Yeah, so... Well, <laughs> but I'm not... You know, we've got a lot to see before now, between now and then. But yeah, this is... It's right... It's almost like a movie made for me. I do like... I like a bit of violence... I like good performances, which this is full of. Everybody in it. Everybody Every in it.
1: Every inch of it is quality.
0: Yeah, I can't even find a flaw with performances. Everybody. I'm in love with everybody. Like it, Even people I'm not supposed to like. I kind of like them because of how good they are at portraying that. Um, yeah, I'm touched by it in parts. I'm kind of disgusted in parts. It's, it's, it's not your... It's not your typical car movie. In fact, what's ironic about it is the director of this movie doesn't even drive a car or be interested in cars. Um, but he doesn't really... You
1: he's know. interested in the fetish of cars, he said. So yeah. he is interested
0: in cars, just He's not interested in, like, filming the cars. But not... He's not like a petrol head. Like the guy who does Fast and the Furious, he's into cars, right? That Justin Ling guy. He actually loves cars and car culture, so that's what he's... This guy is not that. is is more into relationships and people and telling the story. I think. Um, so it's coming at you know this kind of movie from a totally different angle. So what did you think?
1: <laughs> That's like the most you've ever talked about a movie. I think all in one grow. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I felt like I was completely lost in it. Like. It's so, okay, there's a pace to it. There are moments of, like I said, just two people looking at each other and taking it in and just settled in their own, like the actor person is being the character and they're, you can see them breathing heavy if it's, and I, you know, like... When they couldn't say what they wanted to say, but their, their chest was, like, going up and down, you're like, oh, it's pent up inside of her. And it was obvious that that was intentional, but that's part of it. Instead of saying the thing or moving or doing anything, it was just the tension in their faces and stuff. I was really sucked into that. Like, everything that, they did was, I would like, say as
0: a script, it's probably not a very long script. Yeah, there's not really sparse. There's not much dialogue from Ryan yeah. Gosling. There's not, not much dialogue from um, the Casey... the. She's not got much dialogue at all, actually. The, mm-hmm. the love interest girl. Um, so yeah, I reckon as a script, it's a very thin script, right? But like you say, like I said earlier, it's it's not about what people say; it's about people what they don't say. And you, I completely get this character. I mean, I didn't get him at first, obviously, because you're not supposed to um, fully get him. But as Is the it unravels,
1: yeah, you're yeah, just and like, it's mm-hmm. kind
0: of surprising. There, there was one. I mean, moment. I don't want to say anything. Start. No. Um, but there was a moment where he says something to somebody in a diner, mm-hmm. and it was the last thing I thought would come out of his mouth. I was like, "Holy crap! We'd... This is something else!" Like now, <laughs> you know. And, it, and it's a slow burn, isn't it? You know, some people wouldn't like it for that reason because they want the Fast and the Furious where it all goes bam, 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 bam. And
1: this doesn't. Getting, do. No, you're not gonna get that. It's. Um... No. It feels like you want to just... I just got settled in completely. And then I wasn't just watching them. Because he's really... Whoever his photographer is and his the way he directs. And it's really got a really nice, gritty, but clear... I kept feeling like 70s. An almost European vibe. Like, I don't know if you've seen many European movies or if anybody has. But there's this certain, like... Um... It's not in your face constantly. You have to think a little bit about what's going on in front of you. It's not just said to you, said to you, said to you. And I love that. It's actually
0: not like a Hollywood movie, really, at all. It's more like... It's not like an indie movie, either. Which you did refer to, oh, I have to do it like an indie movie. I don't feel like it was like an indie movie. It's like somewhere in between. And that's why I felt it refreshing, because it's not like...
1: It wasn't glossed up, and it wasn't cheap. It was like right in between.
0: Yeah, and... You know.
1: What do you think is the, the main quality to me in it is I'm completely sucked in by every single character. And I think once you hear the explanation, but even before I heard the explanation of that... They're very
0: detailed characters.
1: Yeah, I think that, to be honest with you, when they were describing their characters outside of the movie, these actors and the director, I think they got it wrong and <laughs> a lot of the explanations. Because as you're watching, you get a whole different... And this is based you on feel a feel them, yeah. Every um, single person made me really hate them or really like them. I wasn't neutral on anybody at all. Not even the redhead girl. I mean, I was, or the, you know, the dickhead guy in the strip club. Nobody, no, I wasn't neutral on anybody. Everybody got me in a feeling of, ugh, or, oh, or, I mean, everybody. And that's rare in movies. So you get a lot of peripheral characters who are there to, like, blah, 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 blah. Here's some of the story, and here's some of the stuff, and here's what's going to happen, and here's what... Blah. Nobody seemed unnecessary or being used to do anything, except, sorry to say to you, but my least favorite character is the the friend guy with the... Brian Cronston. Yeah, absolutely the least, the lowest... I liked him. I know you did. I'm saying, to me, he had... Enough quality to fit in, but it was still a little bit on the cheap. That's the only thing I had a problem with. I don't know if it was just because he's supposed to seem like a shyster kind of guy to the extreme, or if he just didn't he didn't fill in the way everybody else did to me until the certain moments, and then I was like, oh yeah, he's he's good. But the rest of it, and you know, a you could be conflicted cheap. by the
0: driver character. Uh, he's not. You can't straight up say I love or hate. I mean, no, he no. Bit, he, he definitely has. Facets of both things, yeah, yeah, right? um, and he's supposed to. But what I really liked about it is like how he barely says anything, um, and everybody else reacts. I love it when like somebody asks him something. In in an, in another movie, he would give a long, detailed blah 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 about what's going to happen next, and to to fill the audience in yeah, as well exactly. as the character. He just will give you a one-word answer or two words, or just one sentence, and, and you're kind of like, yes, that's exactly what their character would do. Yeah, that's enough, yeah. He, he wouldn't ramble on about anything. He sits, he's quiet. When he's when you see him spending time on his own occasionally, doing his fixing an engine, or he's the kind of guy who's just focused on something. Like and, the
1: American. You've got that going on for him. Like the same, you know, George yeah, Cleaning the American. Which I also Isolated life. I like that. A very lone kind of life. And again, the love... Is the
0: is the problem? And like (laughs) you know, it's it's established right at the beginning of the movie that he has these rules that he follows as a getaway driver, which in this instance he's doing. He's he's also a stunt driver in the movies, but as a getaway driver, he has this set of rules which he lays out at the beginning and doesn't deviate from those rules. Like they say, kind of
1: establishes for you a like a obviously he's in his thirties, you know, middle thirties, I think. And he's lived his life this way. And you kind of put together, why is he so rigid? Why has he come to this point? But then, you know, there's things bubbling under the surface. So he has made it so he he can function and do his thing. And he focuses on the driving. And he focuses on... But that's it. And then, of course...
0: And he's obviously very good at driving.
1: I mean, Mm -hmm. it's established up front that he's probably
0: like the ultimate driver. I mean, he'll get you out of any situation. He's also a Hollywood stuntman and it shows you very early on that he is good at that too maybe Mm -hmm. underpaid at that but that's just because of some circumstances
1: Um, I don't think he cares though
0: no (laughs) and yeah that is another thing about this character he doesn't have He's not end, the transporter no end, with some fancy no. house
1: up in the hills or yeah, exactly. the billy Dollar.
0: The, the transporter wants the money. That's why he's doing the job. This he wants guy's to get not out, doing the job left. for the money.
1: He wants to get out and be done. Everybody wants out or they're going to save their mother or they're going to buy a house in Mexico or something. Yeah, but there is none of that. In fact, you don't know that. We don't know that. That's part of the thing. We have no idea what his motivations are. No. Not really. Not his no. ultimate motivations. No. It's just moment just by moment. just Yeah. Like, yeah we'll, you know.
0: Um... So yeah, it's a really interesting character. It's a really interesting film. I love the this director uses the um, what do they call it? The magic hour, where the sun is setting. Like it's it only happens one hour in the day. It's like referred to as the magic hour. It's when a movies. It's a good time to film a scene because it kind of looks orangey. He uses that quite often in this movie. I think it looks amazing And the city at night.
1: Mhm gorgeous, really gorgeous. Um I mean LA is just such a fucked up place and yet you get you get everything from this. Like there's potential for it to be sort of like a lovely place to be. It's gorgeous, it's shiny, it looks awesome and yet this gritty under evil underbelly thing it just makes you go ugh I don't ever want to live in a city like that and I mean that's really portrayed to me you know and some people might say well this 80s vibe that it goes for why? because it's
0: not set in the 80s well to me the 80s vibe the music the how he's dressed the kind of just the vibe of it it actually adds a whole yeah it's it's, you could say well it's unnecessary no because if it was just modern if it was just never any of that You wouldn't have that style and that...
1: See, I don't feel like it was that prominent to me, as it was to you.
0: It is, musically. And even score, not the songs, just the score, the, like, synthesized score that goes on. It reminds me of, like, John Carpenter films of the 80s, like Escape from New York or uh, Salt on Precinct 13. It's this, um, bubbling... It's just a vibe. So this movie has that vibe the entire way through. It's obviously not the 80s, because all the yeah. time you see brand new cars. and But um, it adds a lot to me, and it makes me... It's the kind of movie I'll think about for time afterwards, because it's got this bubbling... So you're saying
1: it's doing that, and uh, what I'm hearing is it's nostalgic for you. So is that actual quality, or do you think it was just a, a good... I
0: think it was a fantastic choice. Right. And it's not an obvious choice, because I wouldn't think... Like, when you're making a movie, right? we've got this script, it's this, blah, blah, blah. We've got to have it set in modern day, because... Well, we don't have to. He drives a Mustang at one point. A brand new Mustang, right? It didn't have to be. It could have been a 1970s Mustang. This could have been a 70s movie. But when where do you piece together? It's a modern day movie, and we have 80s. an 80s.
1: It amazes me sometimes when you say those things, because I think you must not see yourself as a creative person at all. Because I think the world... I just,
0: is- I just wonder where you... It's like, just a
1: creative process. It like, could happen at all. You, you are his it. It could have happened from movie.
0: anything. It could have been like, I want him to wear a Scorpion members-only jacket. with a. I want him to wear a members-only jacket with a Scorpion on the back. Wow, that's so 80s, though.
1: <gasps> but it could have been nothing. It could have been the complete opposite. The director could have been walking down the street and saw that in a store window and just wanted him to wear it. Also, it's the without best, it's the best jacket <laughs> I've ever seen
0: in my entire life. It's like, yeah. but I wouldn't wear it myself. <laughs> no. Let me put it this way. But it's like... I've seen Burt Reynolds wear them in, like, 70s, that style jacket. But this is so obviously... It's not a jacket you would see anybody in. It's like this... It's got a scorpion embroidered on the back, and it's a white, members-only jacket. It's like... It's an 80s thing, isn't it, I guess? But you
1: don't see it I didn't even think that hardly. To be honest, that doesn't jump out at me, necessarily. Which is really funny. The jacket's like... I mean, the jacket is obvious, because it's in almost every frame that he's in. But... It doesn't scream at me constantly, 80s, 80s, 80s. It just... It screams thrift shop to me. (laughs) So, I don't guess I think of it like you do. Do you
0: know what? Um, Just off topic for a little second, the cover of this Blu-ray, I absolutely hate it. Yeah. The cover of the Blu-ray should be the back of his jacket and a pink Drive logo. Yeah. That's what it should be. That movie... That looks like a horror movie. It does, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. They've completely, like, what the hell? It's like cheap and Mad Max. And it's very
1: cheap, isn't it?
0: Yeah, an '80s logo of Drive and the back of his jacket. It would have been perfect. Um, I don't know who the hell makes Blu-ray covers. I know you've got to appeal to. Well, have you got to, No, you've got to appeal to audiences who. You've got to totally trick re- them.
1: They got go to go the red box now. Yeah, think of that. the The fronts of of like ten or twenty movies are sitting right in your in your face, or you can rotate it, I guess, in there, and. Somebody is going to make that choice based on that. And the that. thing
0: is, this is kind of a niche film. It's for... It's, it's almost for a movie lover type. Absolutely. So your mainstream Fast and the Furious crowd, people you've who got to sell sit, it to them as well. People who
1: want to sit in a group and go, oh my God, oh my God oh my. they're not going to dig it. Right,
0: so, dig it. so as a designer of the cover, I guess you have to trick that audience into seeing <laughs> yeah. your movie, right? Otherwise, you only get your niche crowd and then it doesn't... Sell that's as true. well, so I think you know. Sometimes they're very misleading. That is a totally misleading cover. It looks like a horror movie mixed with Mad Max. They don't give you the '80s vibe at all in that cover by making the word dry pink. It would have helped, <laughs> um, but you know, it's a terrible cover for this Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm assuming. Where is it? Um, where is it? Yeah, you didn't bring it. That's the point. You didn't bring it. Uh, I'm assuming that the trailer for this movie also. um mislead you because I can imagine when they cut together a trailer of this movie the car action scenes which actually are about I would say 10% of the entire movie if that if that I bet you they show you those scenes Mm -hmm. and not really the rest of it Um, so it probably is misleading in every way um, publicity wise Um, so let's move on to the cast here we've got Ryan Gosling as simply Driver he doesn't have a name Uh, he doesn't need a name um, you Didn't only you, you only get to know him kind of, surfacey. Anyway, it's uh, you don't get any in depth on him. Having you mean backstory, backstory, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a guy. What we've said is pretty much what you get. Um, now, the performance, I think, and it, I don't know if to happen, should be Oscar nominated. I really think his performance should be, and if not him. The guy from um, your Midnight Run guy. Midnight Run? Is he from Midnight Run?
1: Charles Grodin?
0: Yeah. He's not in it. Not Charles Grodin. Albert Brooks? Albert Brooks. Not Midnight Run, is he?
1: No. Albert
0: Brooks, I think, also. Really? Yeah, I thought he was fantastic.
1: Hmm. I think think, um, while I enjoyed the fact that he was different than he ever is in other things, he was still very much... Like himself, except being a prick,
0: I guess I've not seen him for a long time, right, right. But it stood out at me. You know like- what stood
1: out with you, I think, is that it's such a con- his behavior is in such contrast to what you think of him as. That's what stands out in your mind. If you really peel it back, you're gonna see he acts like a prick. he says some things. he's kind of charming. you know he, he has a good balance, yes. But it doesn't jump out at me. I think Ron Perlman beat me beat him out for me as far as like being reacting to somebody who really hit home a couple of moments. One of the scene in the movie moments.
0: where Ryan Gosling um, meets um, him Albert, for the, Brooks. Albert Brooks for the first time, and uh, he's got some oil on his hands because he's been yeah. driving, and he says, "My hands are dirty," and he turns around and says, "Mine are a little dirty too." Mine are a little dirty too. Just him saying that. It's just so much...
1: You know, like, oh. Uh, you're like, yeah, yeah. Three. we're not
0: talking about oil here. We're talking about, yeah. like, a lifetime of bullshit and violence. Being a violence prick. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. Um, which, as we said, if you do watch the extras of this and you hear him talking about his character, he is kind of off the mark, isn't he? I think so, but completely. I don't think he showed up in the movie that he was off the mark, but I think he, that remark... Yeah, if it. that's
1: what he's thinking about his character while he's doing it, I think, and if he sees it, and then if he watches it back and thinks the same thing, I don't know, I, he's a villain. <laughs> That's all yeah. I can think.
0: So Ryan Gosling, back to him, is, I think is a fantastic performance. Um, you don't often see a performance where it's not chatty, like, Mm-mm. and he's not chatty, and it, but he delivers everything with his smile and his charisma. It's like a natural film star-y <laughs> and, thing to me.
1: Excuse me. You're not boring me. Um... And the threateningness is there as well. Yeah. There's, that, there are moments of... turning. Holy shit. Like, you just
0: fear like him. It, like, it, but... Even when he's threatening, it's still this calm... Yeah, absolutely. Ec- ...cool exterior. This. Yeah, he doesn't... <laughs> when he did that? Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> it'll get in people's faces, but it's still very controlled and...
1: Yeah, there's only one or the other. Yeah. He's either okay... Or he isn't, and that's it. There is no like little. But what
0: makes his character lovable is, to me, like is when he is not being threatening. He's like the you just is the kind of guy you just want to
1: hang around. Hang around. I wouldn't because he doesn't. He's not going to. In life, you do want people to be a little more chatty. You might want to play with him on Xbox Live because he's not going to sit there and chat your ear off. But you think he's a cool guy, and you might say two or three things to him. But in life. That person could wear you down. He's not because... Stumpman Mike out of um, <laughs> he's gonna... the grindhouse. You know, he's that driver. He's a different yeah. driver. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: That, or that.
1: Transporter or... Yeah.
0: You know... Well, I guess Statham as Transporter won't talk your ear off either. He's pretty focused and he just does his shit. But yeah, yeah. again, he does get He's not as people.
1: intense, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's not as intense. To remove somebody's dialogue, whereas you strip it down to what? Maybe two or three pages in the yeah. whole movie. It... It's a challenge, I think, to because you've got to portray something without that. So and he and he does every single frame of the movie from the beginning when he's just sat there with a the toothpick in his mouth. Yep, I just got the you just get the vibe. You don't even need to be told it. You're like, okay, he's very like the transporter. Which not we shouldn't compare this to. No, the transporter. no, no. But like the transporter is focused on getting the thing from A to B
1: right that well I, I, I more compare it not because of the driving but because this is a person who lives a solitary life who is focused on one thing and has created them their own self in this like shell right separate from the world for some reason these people these characters the world just they can't be bothered and they get what they need and they do their thing and then they retreat back into themselves and back into I've got their one. life when what?
0: I've got a, an example of a movie of a character like that. Leon the professional. Oh,
1: true, true. Yeah, yeah. He's and a, yet a again.
0: quiet individual who is punctuated with extreme, you know, but just to get by. I mean, even he's not trying to do it to become a billionaire. And yeah, yeah, He's just doing it to get by. Actually being ripped off by somebody at the same time. but.
1: And what's his downfall?
0: A woman. Yeah. <laughs> A very young woman. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's a A similar... A A queen. And the American, like you said, a a similar hitman... Well, yeah, hitman, I guess. Hitman and getaway drivers and bank robbers. That kind of thing. So, yeah, fantastic performance, Ryan Gosling. I loved him in Lars and the Real Girl. Mm -hmm. Which is another kind of quiet performance. Really interesting subject. yes (laughs) yes <laughs> but it is a quiet that's also a quiet you
1: should have made that one your meandering
0: performance isn't it it's like really it's not a mainstream movie but it's a good performance by him it's all about him really um, then we've got um, Carrie Carrie Mulligan as uh, Irene she literally I don't know how many words she has in this movie it's not many is it Mm-mm. it's less than he has but again I got everything from it. Even if she would have said one word, I understood <laughs> everything. Right. The, the elevator scene. I know, and that's just an extreme thing, but... Yeah. Just her meeting him for the first time. Everything. The slow build-up of how they kind of... I was going to say hook-up, but not hook-up. <laughs> it's a love You're story. You're giving away a
1: lot about this. I keep thinking, don't say stuff. You're giving away the best parts, but whatever.
0: It's a love story <laughs> that's not... It's not your typical love story, is it? You know,
1: I don't want to say stuff about it because I was totally surprised by most of it. So I don't want to... I, you know, in fact, here's the thing about this movie today. When I got downstairs to watch it, I had no idea what we were watching. No clue whatsoever. I didn't remember what you said. I didn't look at the sign. I didn't see the box. I had no clue if it was Narnia number 7 or <laughs> Rocky 55. I had no clue what we were watching. It just happened in front of me. I knew nothing about the movie. Like, zero... Except what it started, and then the thing came up, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember you saying that last week. That's it. I knew nothing. So all of it came to me just completely from, like, as if I were just walking down the street, and this movie happened in front of me out of nowhere. And I love that.
0: So here's the link to last week's movie. Brian Cranston was in last week's movie, mm-hmm. Contagion. And he also cropped up in this week's movie um, as Shannon. You said you were...
1: Mm. I feel like, to be quite honest, I feel like he's a bit too actorly. Although he has a couple of moments that are really... I just feel like he's got some bad actorly habits that...
0: He's fantastic as well in Breaking Bad, though.
1: Um, I've watched a, a little bit of it. I feel the same thing. It's a little cheap sometimes, a little overly actorly, but... In this, his character's quite out there. You know, he's quite talkative, and he's got some issues, and I, I, it fit kind of, but I don't know. I'm not a huge fan.
0: Albert Brooks um, plays Bernie Rose. I, my, I loved that. I loved him, and like I said, I've not seen him. I don't know when the last time I saw him. He was kind of odd. Like I was like, oh wow, yeah, that guy. I, don't, I even thought he was another guy. Right. I was like, <laughs> um, I always get them too mixed up. Don't know why. What's Albert Brooks really famous for?
1: Um. I think it was in a woody Allen yeah maybe. Woody Allen movie. that's in what I'm thinking of mother he was in um saving or defending your life oh
0: like- yes, defending your life yeah, yeah. um so i would not seen him for a long time, so do you know when we watch like um ja- when I watched Jackie Brown and Robert Foster showed up, who I had seen previously, but it had been a long time, and there he is, and I think Jackie Brown is fantastic because of Robert Foster. I think he's amazing in that movie. This was like one of those to me. Right. Like, like, and like, oh, wow, where has this guy been and why hasn't he been in stuff? Because he's good. Like, he's a solid actor who you just not seen for 20 yeah. years. I feel like I've not seen him for 20 years. It's possible. Um, Christina Hendricks plays Blanche. Um, she's very famous <laughs> for being in Mad Men. She's the female oh, star Oh, I of have Mad no Man. idea who she is. Uh, she's Look, literally... I've a, never
1: seen her before in my life.
0: I watched the pilot of Mad Men the other day on Netflix... It's fantastic. I'm definitely going to watch the entire thing. Um, but yeah, she's the main female star of that. So when she talked in the extras, oh, this is unlike what I normally do. It's very unlike what, what she normally right. does because that show she's been in that show for five years now. Um, she's it's a small, but it's yeah, it's but good it's impactful. impactful. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say impactful. Um, and then uh, Ron Perlman as Nino hellboy by awesome. held by himself,
1: deplorable, and. There were moments again when he's a little overly actorly, dude, to me. A little bit too much when he's like, <laughs> he's Yeah, I'm know. fucking, yeah, man. Yeah, but that,
0: that was his dude. Well, that was his deal. Though. But
1: when he calmed down and it was a little more, um, you know, like closed in on him, those were the moments when I felt. Because I like Ron Prime. I love Hellboy. I love. I liked Beauty and the Beast when, I, when it was on. Um, he was a bit of a prick in uh, Alien Revolution or. Re- not revolution. Resurrection. Yeah. Whatever. Resurrection. <laughs> but I'll always think of him as the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. I mean, can you imagine? Think of that show. When was it? The late 80s, early 90s. 80s. Beauty and the Beast. Literally Live a action. dude who's like a beast who lives in the sewers and this beautiful woman who happens to be Terminator woman, right? Yep. I mean, it's like, Linda when you Hamilton. think about it, it's like the most incredible thing that it was a movie. I mean, that it turned into... A, I just now I want to go it's watch an episode really bad, of it. Right? It probably because he's always he always shows up to like it save was, her, right?
0: What I remember is it was literally the same thing every single week. Like a lot of those um,
1: every shows like that.
0: Yeah, the A team was the same thing every week. Exactly like the same But yeah, it,
1: that's she's what I mean. in jeopardy. Something bad's happening in the city, and he has to. But for some out reason,
0: we it. fall for that shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We are the mass public. We will get. we will eat whatever you feed our minds. So this is directed by Nicholas Winding Refn. I don't know. Never caught how he's, they said yeah, it. Yeah, I think know.
0: that I think that's how they said it. And he's uh from Denmark. A very famous director in Denmark. Um in fact he's Lars von Trier and him have had some kind of collaboration together, another famous Denmarkian, if that's what they are. Um So what you may know him from is he did the movie Bronson, which was a British film that came out a couple of years ago. Um, know. I've never heard of him. He's done um, a British TV show called Miss Marple. He did an episode of that. But he did this very famous trilogy of movies called the Pusher Trilogy in the mid-90s. There were Denmark films, again. I've seen Pusher, but not seen two or three. Apparently Push is the best one, but um, it's a very violent... No, I, I mean, I've, it, apparently it went kind of...
1: So you're just planning the scene everyone's mind to expect that. If
0: you want to watch one, just the first one is pretty good movie. I mean, that's not a brilliant masterpiece or anything, but it's pretty good. If, you, if you're if you squeamish, don't watch it. It's very violent. Like Drive, I guess.
1: Because he likes violence. Yeah. Um, he's compelled and he has a fetish for violence, I believe is what he's trying to say in, his, in the extra. Yeah. Because my fetish, he kept saying. He knows my fetish. They know my fetish. They know how my fetish is. And then when he says, there is love with extreme violence, I'm like, oop, there's the fetish. <laughs> he likes the contrast of your heart being, you know, the swar- swimming in love. And yet, how we would be willing to do absolutely anything to defend or save someone. And in extreme ways, as humans, we might deny it but we will do it if we have to, and I think that's what turns him on a little bit. Yeah, and... um, I like his accent. I like accents, so maybe the next husband will be Denmarkian.
0: And and he's actually going to be doing (laughs) another movie with Ryan Gosling, which will be a remake of Logan's Run, which is a sci-fi thing from the... I
1: thought that was a show.
0: Uh, It was a movie and a show. Okay. I can't remember who the main guy was. A show that I loved was a sci-fi show.
1: Was it Blonde? Was it
0: Jill Gerard or somebody like
1: that? Jill Ger- G- Gil Gerard. Yeah, was it him? That's the guy from Book Book Twenty Thousand Was it called? Book Rogers, Rogers in
0: the twenty fifth century, isn't
1: it? Gil Gerard is that guy, I think. Yeah, well <laughs> We're swimming in the eighties.
0: Yeah, Logan's run was I think it was eight yeah, it was eighties. So um yeah, um I think he's after seeing this. You want to see more? I definitely do.
1: And you want to go back and watch them? I obviously
0: don't want him to do the same thing over and over again, but, you know, Tarantino has a style, and he didn't do the same thing over and over again, in my opinion. They're very different, Tarantino's movies. They might be punctuated with violence and snappy dialogue, but he did tackle different genres of movie, and I think they do, you know, I think he has a good body of work now. Um... Especially after that last one, Inglorious Bastards, which was like,
1: you just love him though.
0: I do, and I have since the very <laughs> beginning. Since I, well, I what was the first thing I saw? Reservoir Dogs, probably.
1: Speaking of Reservoir Dogs, <laughs> you've been watching.
0: Yeah, Michael Madsen dun, 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 in uh, Celebrity dun, dun, Big
1: Brother. Yeah, Michael Madsen on Celebrity Big Brother is like <laughs> it's so weird. It almost seems such, like it it's seems such seems shitty celebrities, and, and then there, and I, I don't think highly of Michael Madsen myself, but. I know that some people revere him as like you know American classic. And you theory, just because you're in lots of good movies doesn't make you good. It just makes if you're intense and you do a few scenes that are awesome because of the icona, uh, because you do it well in that moment, that's cool. It doesn't make you a classic or anything. And yet people see him that way. And then you looked him up, and he's in like 12 new movies coming up this year. And yet he's on Celebrity Big Brother. And he's which, been in
0: 200 movies. Celebrity
1: Big Brother on, in the in, in England. If you don't know already. It's like people who got famous. Okay, one chick on there got famous because she's married to a dude, and his brother is a famous soccer player, football player, and she had an affair with her brother-in-law, who was the soccer player, for eight years. It got out in the press. She became a quote-unquote celebrity because she fucked her brother-in-law. Or a guy
0: who was on a
1: the X Factor talent show and got got booted off there for doing
0: drugs. He's famous.
1: Yeah, and then there's a lady who's on their equivalent of the View, and then there's a supermodel-y girl. There's some twin playmates from America. Um, these well, aren't people who are you know you're never going to see what you would think. I guess there are tiers of. Hollywood and British and European fame and these it's not supposed to be that but then Michael Madsen's stuck in the middle of them, and you just he is like you say you see him and you watch him and he must be thinking what the hell am I doing here or what what the hell am I doing here
0: <laughs> I think he's awesome in it I, I thought he was going to be like some kind of asshole jerk off type guy but he's not at all. He's,
1: I think he has, could have his moments but so yeah far, but he's not
0: really I think he could but he hasn't been he's yeah. been like I'm intelligent I know what I'm doing here I'm well, I don't know what I'm doing here, but yeah. I know how to come across. The um, funniest part was the other day, he would uh, he was shaving in the mirror, yeah. and he cut <laughs> his like, ear. <laughs> what did the announcer say?
1: I, he, uh, Michael Madsen is ironically shaving his face. No, he's had an ironic shaving guy. Oh, that's right, that's right, yeah. it's <laughs> really funny. But then, in the next day, he there's this 17-year-old dude, 18-year-old dude, the kid who got kicked off X-Factor, they're shaving in the mirror together. And Michael Madsen's kind of watching the kid out the corner of his eye and he's like, he's doing a really, sh- he's real weak at it. Yeah. So Michael Madsen takes the razor and is like actually shaving the kid's chin and stuff. And the kid's like... The, I don't know if awesome. the
0: kid's seen Reservoir Dogs, but he might not let him shave
1: I don't think he, I think he doesn't get... No, how... He says things like, I'm with Michael Madsen and stuff, and like myself, I wouldn't be that much in awe either. But I think dudes have a more... Like, holy shit. It is head. a pretty
0: iconic role, that Mr. Blonde. I mean, it's literally... Yeah, but it's horrific. It is horrific, but How can you
1: revere someone for that?
0: But Driver's fairly horrific, too, in this movie.
1: But in Reservoir Dogs, he's only terrible. He's yes. not anything He's, a, he's horrible. a psychopath. Yeah, a psychopath.
0: Yeah. And it, but it is very... It is what Reservoir Dogs... Is it like does.
1: dudes living out some kind of twisted fantasy that they want to be that guy?
0: It's just... It's just so effed up what he does, isn't it? Yes, and ugh, horrible. It really well portrayed. Like one of the first. But is times, it well portrayed,
1: or is it just because was acting like a great? I'm saying person, one right? of
0: the first times I've ever seen. When I, you know, that's why Tarantino kind of broke barriers for me. Just watching his movies was like, I've never seen
1: unapologetic violence as graphic
0: as that. I mean, I've seen things like Taxi Driver that has violence in it, but this was like. When the camera cuts away in older films or whatever, it doesn't in this film. So it was kind of like an opening for this. I'm not saying it's good to have violence, but it's just, it punctuates things. Like in this movie. It breaks the silence almost. This movie is quite a quiet movie and then it really can have an effect on you. I mean, I don't like watching violence, really. But in this movie, it's necessary. Drive. Drive, yeah kind of a necessary thing for where this character is going you know um so yeah um if you want to watch uh, Celebrity big brother recommends is Madson. not
1: in this movie even though we've done it extensively no,
0: about him so um just keep the i've got to get the cover cuz i don't know what the extras yeah. are. So.
1: i will keep it going because the next thing cuz we've talked about the whole cast we've talked about the director and now he's going to bring the the cover which I don't know why, but he's mis- do- he's dislocated himself from the cover.
0: <laughs> I've now come return. and there it is. All right, so here's the cover, and I I definitely feel that this. Uh, I think you Sucks. should design me the cover of what I just said, the back of his jacket with the driver. I can do that. because um, whoever did this um, was trying to trick somebody. Um, I kind of like. Oh, let's see, the, the, the actual artwork on the Blu-ray disc actually captures it a bit better.
1: Yeah, it still looks horror, like horror. Yeah, I know at saying, least the
0: logo's in pink.
1: Yeah, but it still looks a little, a little darker than. I mean, I know it's dark, but it's not that kind of dark horror movie.
0: No, no, and this, yeah, it really. I would think, oh, that's kind of a horror movie. Look what he's. Mm-hmm. And don't mm-hmm. don't show that. No, absolutely no. not. Um, so this has some extras, not a lot, but there is a pretty good one. I think it's
1: just the right kind.
0: So it has four featurettes. Uh, one's called I Drive the Driver Driver and Irene the Relationship Under the Hood the Story and Cut to the Chase the Stunts it's exactly what I just said yeah Um, the only thing missing from these featurettes is Ryan Gosling is nowhere to be seen in any of them he doesn't speak about anything he's just not there apart from the clips and the director's not
1: in evidence they talk
0: about the director a lot but he's not in evidence so then I was like this is another one of those directors that just doesn't talk about his life. <laughs> like Malik, When we, we saw Tree of
1: Life a few weeks ago, it was like Malik was spoke about as if he were some sort of god. As if he was God. Dead. Yeah, like, well, no, above that. Like, he was like <laughs> this untouchable being, you know?
0: So in this, so there's a actual, the final, those are the, those four featurettes. They're pretty good featurettes, actually. <laughs> pretty short, and they end really abruptly. Yeah, just...
1: Boom, top, 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 done. Yeah.
0: Um, but the actual main feature here is called Drive Without a Driver, an interview with Nicholas Winding Refn. I think that's how you say it. Um, so it's a 30-minute um, interview with the director, just a static interview. in
1: not only an interview, it's that he's just talking.
0: Yeah. Like no one's yeah, asking no, him anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he talks actually quite candidly about the Hollywood process which I really enjoyed because he's not an American director obviously this is his like first real proper experience with Hollywood the system of Hollywood and he talks about it quite openly and I kind of like that mm-hmm. he, he was he wasn't like he was licking up to somebody
1: yeah absolutely but
0: he wasn't licking up to studios he was kind of like it's good job the studios left me alone because this idea wouldn't have been this if they would have chipped in talks about Um, How they didn't do a focus group for this movie, and thank God for that. Yeah. Because it would They would have changed it for sure. Yeah, they would have changed it. I could see what they would have changed. Oh, my God, instantly. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because people are idiots.
0: Yeah, so... (laughs) So come at this with a different mindset. It's not a Hollywood... Even though it's got Ryan Gosling in it, one of the Hollywood stars of the moment.
1: Yeah, but if the only thing you'd ever seen him in was um, Lars and the Live Doll... Real girl. Not gonna, real girl. You're not going Real girl. Lars and the Light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds like we get him mm-hmm. Mannequin or something. No. Uh, it is... If that's all you've seen him in, because I don't know what else he's in either, to be honest. like You had to tell me that he was Lars, and I'm like, oh yeah, that was good, and he was good, and why else is he a big deal? Like, I don't know. So maybe you don't have any expectations. Yeah, but... um, Not everybody taps into all that bullshit about who's who's hot and who's not and all that stuff.
0: I do like the interview with that director, though, because I
1: was kind of... Feeling cheated.
0: It felt like a real... Like he was just telling it as it happened. It wasn't, like, glossing over, like, saying how it got financed, how much money they got, the whole thing. Which you don't normally hear people say, because it's normally taboo. You don't talk about how how much we got from these people, you don't... But, uh, yeah, and he talks about his relationship with the actors and how he gets what he gets out of them. Um, so it's really good. Uh, no commentary by him, unfortunately. But I think that's But right. 30 minutes of yeah. him talking is pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, that's Drive. Um, you
1: can't buy it yet, but you can next week, right? Thir- when did you say it comes out? 31st of January. Oh, dear, that's not even next week. You have to wait week. a
0: few weeks for that one. Two but- weeks. It's worth the wait, though. I would... It, wow, what a movie. Um,
1: Don't watch it with your children.
0: No, but it's, <laughs> that, it's uh, great to start the year on something, so, something so good, you know?
1: Uh, we've had already a movie before this. Huh? We already had a movie I'm before I'm just saying this. at
0: the beginning of the year. Oh, right. We've had movies before this. Yeah. Contagion, which was another awesome Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. Yeah, we've had two good movies in a row. Nice. So, um, yeah, uh, highly recommended by me. In fact, most highly recommended movie I've had for a while, to be honest. I'm going to agree. Um, you know, and a great Blu-ray. So thanks to Sony for the Blu-ray uh, for review. And in conclusion, we say... Awesome. Drive <laughs> drive to your local shop, buy it, and drive back and put it in your DVD drive and watch it. See what I said? See <laughs> did, what I said? You,
1: did you plan that? Right no. Nice, nice. All right, so... Um,
0: If you want to enter a contest, not to win Drive, to win some other Blu-rays and goodies, just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word contest. We've got three contests going on at the moment. You can win some stuff. Um, Next week's Blu-ray review will be Killer Elite on Blu-ray. Robert De Niro, Jason Statham, and Clive Owen. Looks kind of cool. Based on a true story, apparently. Uh, So we will tell you what we think of that next week. Hopefully that's good too, and then we have three in a row. Cause that'd be a good good run, right?
1: Yeah, last year mm. kind of started out that way, I think, and then it... the
0: town was the first one.
1: Then we hit a,
0: fr- yeah. a rough patch. Spire of rough stuff. <laughs> but we're we're doing pretty good so far. I think we've had what three movies this year, and two. One was Larry Crown, bad. Started it wasn't off on bad. A sour It note. was very flat. Bad for me.
1: But it wasn't bad. It was
0: just. Then Contagion, and then... Yeah, the, it's been pretty good this
1: year. It didn't stimulate you at all, and I think that you mistake um blah for bad,
0: to be honest. Yeah, in fact, during that Larry Crown review, I say it isn't bad, because it's actually made quite well. Yeah. It's just not my... It doesn't trip your trigger. No. Trip my trigger.
1: All right, so... Um, you like violence. I'm just giving you a little... Oh, violence. you've made an You've got a name for this new... C- I have. What's it called? Now, the clever part of this... The most clever part of the name is that you have to actually see it in writing to get it, and yes, no one's can... ever going to see it in writing except you and I. So I think that's the funny part of the name. <laughs> the game... <laughs> What's it called? First, I'm going to explain the game, and then I'm going to say the name of the game. The game is, one of us will give a line from a movie, like a famous line from any movie that we figure out, or pick, you know, out of the wind, or on websites that have movie quotes, and we will say it either correctly or incorrectly. Now, the other person has to decide, is is that the accurate quote or not? Now, you might think that sounds a little flaky, but the truth is, you might think you know some famous lines from movies... But do you really? Because if you heard it in this context, you might start questioning yourself. Right. So, and the name of the game. Right. (laughs) The name of the game is Write That Line. But write is spelled R-I-G-H-T. See, it's clever. You got to get it right. And W-R-I-T-E, write that line is like write the movie line. But you got to get it right. Now, having to explain it probably makes it less clever, but I think it's really...
0: That's the one and only time we will explain it.
1: (laughs) So the name of the game is, write that line, R-I-G-H-T. All right. (laughs)
0: And
1: the line, and I can tell you the movie, it's no big deal.
0: Don't have to. Don't tell me because it makes it...
1: Oh, right. The line is... I got to read it. Yes, let the joyous news be spread. The wicked old witch at last is dead.
0: That's uh, so a Wizard of Oz. That's correct. <laughs> obviously, um, yes. Let the joyous news be spread. The wicked old witch, at last, is dead.
1: <laughs> you, you just sucked all the life right out of it. That's really got some talent there. Yes. Let the joyous news be spread. The wicked old witch. At I the think last that's is- right.
0: It sounds right. Probably not though.
1: That is right. Yes, yeah. but see, it's one of those you think, oh yeah, obviously. Yeah. But I was thinking oh, one
0: word was different, but no, it's, no, that's so I'm right. correct. Yeah, that's
1: correct. So. so, if you want to hear some of it, write this line, write that line. Sorry, I've, I've, the the name is you Newton, butchered right? it already. You can listen, listen to the last what four? I think we've done it four or five times, and you can, um, you know, get the gist of what we're doing.
0: All right, so movie recommendations for this week off the back of Drive. So I am going for Pulp Fiction, a seminal movie in my movie-watching career. Still is to this day. It's something that changed my view of movies. Oh. And how, how movies could be.
1: That's kind of sexy. And that doesn't happen all the you time. You know that. It's kind of sexy.
0: Yes. That, but And that doesn't <laughs> happen all the time, does it? No. And, and Drive has done it to... It's, it's another one.
1: Really? In what way? Just...
0: It's like, like I said before, it's like taking things you know and love about movies, but mixing them together in a way. Which Does it is-
1: remind you that there are movies being made and that can be enjoyed that aren't Avatar and that aren't Larry, Ta- Crown. Larry Crown and that are, uh, as the director said in his extra, and I thought was my favorite thing he said was, you know, I'm always trying to find the balance between making my film as a book of art And it has to be something people will want to watch. It can't just be, I'm an artist and, you know, fuck everybody, I'm the artsy-fartsy director.
0: Talk of Lars von Trier. He's kind of like art. It's art. We lose the
1: balance. And for some people, that's fine. It's still going to be successful in certain rounds. But to find the balance between, and I think even this movie skirts it a bit, you're going to have enough people like us who totally get it. But the majority of people are going to be like, Oh, God, that movie... I fast-forwarded through every five minutes of that movie. You know, really. shitty music and only have three car chases. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and one of them we saw past the back of the lady's head. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you just... Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I get what you're saying.
0: So, yeah. Um, Pulp Fiction, movie that changed my view of how movies could be made. And um, another one is uh, Vanishing Point, which is a 1970s car chase movie. I could have gone with Bullet and, um, you know, because obviously I feel like um, Gosling in this is drawing from the Bullet character. It it seems that way. But I didn't want to go for the obvious one. I went for Vanishing Point, which also has like a quiet character. 90% of the movie Vanishing Point has no dialogue. It's a guy driving in a car from the view of looking out of a windscreen. It's a lot of that reminding me of this movie too. Um, and I don't think Vanishing Point's one that everybody's seen I have it. no I don't know if you would like it because it's a it's literally a 90 minute car chase
2: hmm. he doesn't
0: get out of the car he's in the car it's not all he's not always being chased but he is occasionally he's going from A to B he's got a okay. it's quite obvious what he has to do it tells you at the beginning you have to do this he does it it a. sounds
1: a lot like Cannibal Run
0: It's not funny. It's very (laughs) seventies. Very seventies. Very gritty. I like that, Um, but I'm not so sure that if you like cars and you like fast car driving, you would like it. But the character in Vanishing Point, who I forget his name, and I'm thinking he probably doesn't have a name. He's probably just the driver. Is like this. He's a brooding, quiet guy. Isolated. Eyes on the job. Just driving this car. So that was the one I wanted to do, but you know, I could also recommend Bullet.
1: Never seen it either. Um, I am going to recommend Taxi Driver because I do think, even though I don't, try, I try not to pick like big, massive, iconic, whatever. But my thing is this: these characters who, as I've said, get so sucked into themselves in their, in their, either their brooding or their psychosis or their whatever it is that. When they do latch on to something, usually a woman or a, a circumstance that then causes the drama and things to unravel, Taxi Driver is just like, it just comes straight to my mind that he's so in his own thing, and yet all of a sudden, tunk, he latches on to something Here's that another. pulls him out, and it is the downfall of every, of either, it's either the downfall of that person's... um persona that isolation they come out of it and then man, he'll live happily ever after or whatever but something breaks through that shell around them and i just think that comes to mind here's
0: another tony montana Scarface.
1: Hmm. the, the sure woman is that. his problem oh yeah absolutely
0: um absolutely the drugs are also his problem yeah but,
1: drugs are a bigger problem i think yeah. than the woman but, but i mean she if she comes out that, that elevator that's it You know he's done for.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Iconic scene. (laughs) Instantly.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And my other one, of course, I'm going to say true romance. Because this one is more the element of the love story that isn't a love story necessarily. It's just a kind of patched together. And it's so romantic, it's unromantic. Do you know what I mean? You have to see True Romance to know what I mean, because it's absolutely one of my favorite all-time movies of all, of yeah, any, I think, of all time. Yeah, I
0: think actually, when talking about earlier about movies that I watched where I just changed things, True Romance was one that Yeah, absolutely. It. Another Tarantino absolutely.
1: Wrote script. That one is the one that changed. Midnight Run and True Romance were two of them that I, in this moment even, I can remember watching it, and as soon as the first time True Romance was over... I was looking at the HBO schedule, when's it on again? I knew it was going to be on in three or four hours, and I would just sat there staring at the TV in this little shitty 19-inch television in a shitty little apartment in Florida when I was all by myself for the first day, had nothing to eat, nothing to drink, except for beer and some pizza. I was totally alone, and I mean, that could have been part of it, but I watched that movie. I caught it like right after it started, maybe seven or eight minutes in. And I watched the rest of it, and then I was like, oh my god. And I sat there staring at that movie, at that TV, just waiting. And then a few hours later, it came on again, I watched the beginning, and I mean, over the next three days, I think I watched it five times, maybe?
0: And another one to me, which is similar to True Romance, if you think about it, and another Tarantino pen script, not directed by it, but it's Natural Born Killers. It's another love story that's not (laughs) Not a generic love story. It's two people who are together and, you know. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's effed up. Which Tarantino is good at writing that kind of stuff. And it's funny that those two movies are both movies that kind of change the way I look at film. Mm. Both penned by Tarantino but not directed by him. Oliver Stone and Tony Scott.
1: You've got a lot of repressed, um, violent and romantic tendencies inside of you.
0: Yeah, I do tend to gravitate towards those you type do. of movies. Uh, the drive is is exactly one of those. And type
1: then movies. I have one more because just because it's Fifth Element, <laughs> I can't help it. We saw a little tiny clip of it in one of those preview things for Blu Ray, and it just reminded me that I fucking love that movie. Right, I love it. it.
0: Another groundbreaking movie.
1: Absolutely, t- turned me turned me into. Leon
0: a also comes into that um, category yeah. for me. The yeah, the Movie yeah. where I was. Like, I need to see that again straight away out. And
1: not only that one, but what these movies do is make me want to see more movies, not just, oh, what's the hottest, what's the latest. I mean, it makes me want to dig deep and find movies that I've never heard of, people have never told me about, movies that aren't made in Hollywood, movies that are made around the world, movies about stories about people from directors who are artistic and then all kinds of things. That's what those movies do for me.
0: All right, so that's our recommendations for this week. Games and a Scully stuff. We're still in this like dry spell of game video games. Like from the last November is when like all the video games come out for Christmas. Then December there's nothing. January there's nothing. February you might get a few. So at the moment there's nothing new. So I have been playing more Skyrim, um, more Mario, Mario, Kart Seven. On the 3DS. I've been playing some... um, Modern Warfare 3. Obviously. Every day. Obviously. Um, So the only news I've got here is... Modern Warfare 3 Map Pack has been announced. The first Map Pack. 25th of January it will be released. Which is... About a week away. 10 days away. 9 days away. Um, It's going to be 2 maps. It's the first in the season of Map Packs. 9 months. 1 every month for 9 months. If you're a Call of Duty Elite member... You get this on January the 25th. If you're not, you have to wait till March. So they never really mentioned this previously. I did become a Call of Duty Elite member because I was interested. But if you're not, you're going to have to wait for these maps. And if you're a PlayStation 3 Call of Duty Elite member, you don't get these maps either on January the 25th. They didn't explain that back in when they were asking for your money either.
1: That doesn't seem fair.
0: Because Xbox made some exclusive deal. I think it's for three weeks so Xbox people get to play it for three weeks, and then the PlayStation people can get it. But three weeks is still a long time in the gaming thing.
1: What's the mentality there? Do they think, oh, somebody who already owns a PlayStation Three and already bought the game is going to go well? Xbox people get it, so I'm going to go ahead and buy an Xbox and the game yeah. and pay for Elite just so I can play it three weeks early. What's the motivation? Is this money
0: deal of some way, uh, some exclusivity thing that happens somewhere along the way? Xbox people seem to get the best end of the stick. I've got both consoles, but, I mean, I said to you when I was buying College, I'm always going to buy it on the 360, because that's where my friends play it. And that's where everybody seems to play it. So, um, so yeah, two oh, maps. But then
1: so only two or three people are going to care.
0: <laughs> two maps, 25th of January. If you're an Elite member, you will get them automatically, apparently. Uh, I don't know how they arrive. I don't know if you have to go and download them, or they just come into your game automatically. We'll see on the 25th. Um, the second thing is this SOPA bill that has been talked about. Um, if you're not familiar It's a bill that's going through Congress at the moment That is actually going to change the landscape of the internet In a way where Copyright holders Will have more power Over their um, Content Content, yeah. Now this is a really really broad bill If you go and read about it You can read everything about it on Wikipedia It needs revising in certain ways Because at the moment it's kind of too broad For it's own good it could, it will help copy, it will help people like the movie studios protect the movies from piracy, but it will also like hurt some people. I was going to say it would hurt like people like me and you doing this podcast maybe, or if we had a YouTube show, it might, we might not be able to, you know, talk about certain things or show clips of certain things or anything like that. Mm. Or you couldn't wear a t-shirt with Ryan Gosling driving. This? Peanuts. Yeah, you might have to blur that out.
1: Or your shirt's got Doctor Who on it.
0: Yeah, things like that.
1: Or can um, we say Doctor Who? Is that illegal? Yeah, you know. Like,
0: so <laughs> while I'm talking, if going, you can go and read about it. But what I wanted to mention is, on Wednesday, which is the 18th, it's SOPA Blackout Day. So, like, a lot of websites are getting together, and some of the big websites are involved, like Twitter and Google, um, to blackout for a 24-hour period... Or censor, in the case of Google's, uh, Google are going to censor search results just to show you what a censored internet could be like, you know? Like So that's going to happen on that day. And I'm going to join com in the um, action. So if you go to com on Wednesday, you won't see com, but you will see a SOPA informational uh, thing. Mm. So if you're interested, go there on Wednesday. I just want to say, you know, fully support that. Or
1: just to warn you, if you're surfing around on Wednesday and something weird seems to be happening that way.
0: I mean, the podcast will still work, because it's on a separate thing. So, you, you know, you're not going to be, you're not going to go on iTunes and you're not going to get the podcast. But the website itself will be like a blackout mode. It's an interesting way it looks. You'll see on Wednesday. Um, so I just want to say we're supporting it. Obviously, this bill will get changed. I don't think it will go through as it is now, but... You're supporting what? The bill? Supporting the bill not to go through as it is at the moment. And I I actually agree with having a bill like that. Just not so broad. It has to be tweaked. It seems like they're in a bit of panic mode at the moment and everybody's trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, oh...
1: Clamp it all down now, and then we can Fix release it. the freedoms as we go along. Because yeah. right now you have full freedom. We want to lock it down and then dole it out as we see fit in the future. So let's like... Oh, and then we'll deal with the aftermath. But and, it you know, sounds it, like enough people are arguing already. Yeah, against
0: it's, it's got people's backs up. So people are... You know, this Wednesday thing, this National SOPA Blackout Day. You can actually go to SOPA, S-O-P-A, blackout.org. And if you own a website, you can join in on that day.
1: Who's exactly in charge of this bill? I mean, literally the in, human beings, the individuals. Yeah, I don't actually
0: know who's the person who started this, but.
1: I mean, who is it? What meetings are happening? What, what, you know, conference rooms are happening in? Are they you happening? You mean for in? the
0: blackout thing? No, after no. The-
1: for the SOPA thing. Like, where is it actually being... Whose hands are typing it out and... Yeah. Meeting over it and talking I mean, Capitol...
0: It. It's actually in the Capitol. Is it realm, like Sony
1: representatives and Microsoft representatives and, you know, this music company... Well, Sony owns music and movies and TV. But, I mean, is it those, like, games. three or four schmuckos from the top of their food chain sitting in a stupid room and going, this is what we want, this is what we want, this is what we want, congressmen, make it happen? Or is it like... I never understand that because it's not like... It's not mystical. No. Somebody sat at a computer with their fingers on a keyboard, smoking too many cigarettes or drinking too much coffee or too much Red Bull, typing the shit out and listening to all these different comments and revising it and revising it and proofreading it and mulling it over and talking about the consequences. Somebody, persons, is doing it. Now, who are those people? It's not just, oh, they are going to control the yeah. internet. It, it's like yeah, there so are people involved it's, here.
0: It's... The government, the content providers...
1: Yeah, but who is that? They're people. They're yeah, not, they are people. It's not entity. There are individuals who are doing it. So why don't they get out and talk? Why doesn't the person who says, look... They never do. When that, I then. was typing the fifth paragraph and we were all mulling it over and we were making notes about we it, this is go what go we to go as broad thinking. as
0: possible because yeah. we thought that would be the best way to...
1: Yeah, and then someone else can pipe up and say, oh, so, Mr. Jones, um, what makes you the person who can make that decision? Exactly. Why are Why are you qualified to decide what the rest of the country can or cannot see? I just want to know. I'm just curious. What's your authority? Why are you ten people able to write this up? Yeah. And why are you trying to do it in a way that sort of surpasses the public so that people don't catch on and all that kind of stuff? So there's a
0: lot of information
1: out there about this act, including the bill that you can. Yeah, go and yeah. Read. I was gonna say, don't take your word for it because no. you're on the side of. You Greek slightly, but you also don't want anything co- yeah, censored.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't want every... You know, China is a typical example. Their internet is censored by the government. It's very restrictive. They can do not very... They can do educational kind of stuff. It's locked down. Yeah,
1: but people tweet from China and stuff.
0: They do, but there's... Uh, well, let's... this. They can't do certain things. They can't do Google searches. They can't do...
1: Somebody said there was an actress, either in an interview or in something that we saw or were watching, or I caught it on something. And she said she was in a country. I don't know Juliet Lewis. She was either... I don't remember what country she was in. And that it was like she was uh, a criminal because she and some other people... She, I think it was Juliet Lewis, I think, with their band or something. And they had to go to this place where a bunch of young people have somehow made it happen that there's this little hub place in this city somewhere... Where you can take your wireless devices and whatnot, and your devices, and get on the internet in a way that can help you communicate with the rest of the world. I don't have any, you know. And she said I I was actually a criminal, and it felt like we were going on some dodgy drug deal or something. And then all we're doing is like sending emails to our parents and trying to get uh, this done and that done on our website. And I wanted to get an email from somebody, but that was actually, I can't remember where she was, but I thought.
0: I mean I actually hate censorship myself I don't like movies to be censored I don't you know I, I feel like I can make an informed decision on whether I'm going to be offended or I, sh- I should be able to see the director's vision somebody like in Britain we have this BBFC where some people sit in a room and say oh drive uh, let's see what like, oh we don't really like that scene that's violent you have to take five minutes out of that And I don't like that obviously but censorship on an internet level You know, we're used to the internet, right? We can look something up, we can...
1: It's not like it's been around forever.
0: It's been like 10 years of this. It's not, but some people it has, right? Like Like our nephew. He's had the internet his entire life, right? If it was some kind of really restrictive thing that you... It wouldn't... I think it. I like the internet as it is, is what I'm getting at.
1: Right, and you are not even the type who looks at porn or anything like that. You're not that guy who wants no, to sit and there No, I and feel get, like if I yeah. want
0: to, I should be able to... Right. Not... Not... Not sick murder porn or all that kind of shit. If I want to look at porn, I should be able to click on some but porn. But you shouldn't
1: be able to do it for free because someone made it and wants to make money off of it. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like... I'm sure there is free porn. Unless there. it's that
1: website that I make of my own self doing pornographic things. That's free to the public. Right. So just go whenever you want. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so ah, but does that mean I can't do that anymore? Because I will be censored and it will be turned off until...
0: It's a hotbed issue. Thing. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you could debate about it for years, I think. But, you know, obviously try and stop this thing going through in its current form. So um, yeah, soberblackout.org. Uh, and finally, I'm reading a new book, which
1: is called Ready Player One, by Ernest Cline. Um, and let me tell you, let me tell them how I heard about this book. I'm walking through Schnucks, the grocery store. I am just casually shopping, have my phone to my head, and my husband is telling me. That would be you about this book that you reading, and you proceeded to explain to me as I'm looking at food and things and frozen things and food and picking up stuff and carrying my bag. You're describing to me this book in fairly decent detail, and when you get to a point where you're like, and that's as far as I've gotten, I was like, oh, is that
0: <laughs> no, all? I know.
1: Yeah, I want to. Know, I want more. <laughs> so you know.
0: Yeah, it's a book. Um, it was about- like I
1: was. <clears throat> What's it called? Audiobook. It's like I had an audiobook, right. but you were telling me the book, and then, oh, I was stuck in the middle. I didn't get any more.
0: So, um, just briefly, it's set in 2045, which is not very far away from today. Um, the world's a completely different place. It's kind of gone to shit, as a lot of these dystopian future uh, mo- uh, movies. Well, stories. Maybe will, stories are. Um, and a guy who's the ancestor of somebody from Atari or something like that, some video game um, from back in our times, the 80s and the 90s, has made this virtual reality in this world a reality. It's not virtual reality. It's another reality, which is like a um, you put a helmet on your head...
1: It's virtual reality. Then.
0: <clears throat> to them, though, it's a reality because they they do it more than they do real life. Right,
1: but it's still virtual reality. Your right. body is sitting in a crappy chair in a crappy apartment yeah. and your mind is somewhere your else. Your mind
0: somewhere else, right? So, and it's indistinguishable from the real world um, when you're in there. But then he explains in this thing, if you've got old gen equipment, you can kind of tell you're in it. If you've got the new stuff, it's like the real world. So a lot of people live their whole lives with this helmet on sitting in a chair and it's much more interesting than normal life. Now, he explains things like, well, wouldn't it be awesome to be in a world where you can go anywhere? And, and he explains, like, it's a universe inside this helmet. And because it's, like, based on humans' past experiences and stuff, if you were into World of Warcraft in the 2000s, Azeroth, the whole planet of Azeroth, Exists in this place, oh, so you can right. go and visit it. Or, um, he talks about The Sims and their different virtual worlds that existed previous, they're all there, you can go to them. But the thing is, you can't just go to them. The way it's all funded, because obviously the big man has yeah, to have exactly. M- is it's all free to use. But to travel anywhere, you have to pay credits. And the credits are unlocked by either your real money in real life or you earn them through quests in this virtual place so it's like getting XP to get a new level it's all based on what we do today really like leveling up in Modern Warfare gets you a new thing so this kid is pretty poor he's not been able to travel and level up and stuff so he kind of spends most of his time in this one area of the Oasis um, which is his high school actually it's his virtual high school but, like, one day he wants to go on journeys and level his avatar up and stuff, you know? But the, most of the book, um, it's about this guy who invented the Oasis On his di- as he was dying. He made this video and put it out to the world and said, there's a, an Easter egg hidden in the Oasis. If you can find it, you will become wealthy amongst your wildest dreams. It will be the best thing ever, you know? And this kid dedicates his life to finding this easter egg and that's what the book is about and the easter egg will you'll get the riches of this guy basically and the easter egg's not easy to find And don't e- tell
1: us the whole book
0: well I'm not I'm only, I'm only in chapter 2 so. I
1: know but I'm just saying like don't tell everybody The easter, I'm
0: saying is the easter egg's not easy to find the quest is to find this easter egg him and a team of his friends have to go and find it it's like an adventure but the crux of the book is it references if you if you were alive in the 80s and for you know 80s 90s 2000s there's references for everything I mean I'm only two chapters in I've I've World of Warcraft references the TV show Family Ties World of
1: Warcraft isn't the
0: 80s no I said 80s 90s 2000s World of Warcraft references Pac-Man references um like references to old 80s TV shows because things like that they're into you know in in this virtual world, because it's kind of, the guy who invented the Oasis was an 80s aficionado, so the 80s has become this thing that people think, if they get into all the 80s stuff, they'll figure out a way to get this easter egg, because obviously this guy was thinking about the 80s when he was hiding stuff, so yeah, awesome book, Ready Player One it's called, I'm reading it on the Nook, it's on the Nook store, you can get it on the Kindle,
1: um, or just buy the book, or just buy the book. Old-fashioned. It's made out of paper. You open it. But it's up it's the kind of book you hold it in your hands. It's and the you kind read it. of book
0: that it seems right to be reading on an electronic device. <laughs> you know, because it's. But yeah, it's quite a long book. It's like four hundred pages or something. So uh, I'm looking forward to reading some more. So yeah, Ready Player One by Ernest Klein, I believe. Uh, so that's all my stuff for this week. What have you got? What do you mean? What have I got? What's for dinner this this
1: fine evening? <laughs> What's for dinner tonight is mushroom rice. Which is rice cooked, not just is it, with water. Hold on. Is it rice <laughs> with mushrooms? Almost. Nice. It is rice cooked with mushroom soup in it. Yes, instead it's good. Of, yes, good. it's very good. And in addition to that, oh, i put some corn in there as well. And then on the side, we're going to have some beans with the Morningstar veggie sausage and some peas. Can I have brown as rice? As a zubzi keep asking you cannot have brown rice i don't like it i do unless someone cooks it for me that's perfect i like it better than white too bad well this isn't white specifically it's jasmine so there you go oh i like that too okay jasmine rice with corn and mushroom soup and then on the side we'll have some kidney beans and veggie sausage not real not dead animal sausage but uh,
0: morning star um sausage patties.
1: yeah Cooked in some kidney beans with some peas in there. And maybe a little sauce of some kind. I haven't decided that yet. That's it. And then your cookies that are what? Hit? Yeah, like... Denmark or Den- <laughs> Denmarkian cookies. Denmarkian cookies, which I found at the grocery store here in town. And what else you got? What else do I have is just a little bit of advice, really. This is it. Listen closely. Deal with it. Do it? Cope with it. Fix it. Or let it go. That's it.
0: Is that, that That's is it. it. Okay. Take it for what you will. So take that advice on board. Thank you for <laughs> listening to the show. Uh, I want to remind you about our websites aschoolie.com, sidtalk.com. You can go there. Don't go to School Well, do go to aschoolie.com on Wednesday and see the blackout. See, what, see how that goes. Um, <clears throat> you can catch us both on Twitter and Facebook. I'm at aschoolie and you're at Sid talk. We're very. Um, obvious <laughs> um, you can catch us on uh, Xbox Live YouTube you can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace the RSS feed on the page just go to com, click on the word podcast subscribe do whatever you do there or you can go to iTunes music store and grab the podcast on your iDevice um, you can email us at ascoli.com uh, don't email sit talk if you went to one of our contests, you can email me at contest at com. All the uh, contest details are on those pages. Sittok doesn't want your... Um... Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> and uh, stay classy, Nicholas Winding Reefen. I believe that's how you say it. Uh, want to see more from this guy? This movie's blown me away. It'll be... I, I, I think it'll be my top five
1: list of this year's Blu rays. That's a very bizarre thing to predict, uh, since you've got about 48 movies left to go. And I am going to say, think for yourselves. Because if you don't do it for yourself, people like us will come along and do it for you.